So when I'm talking about beliefs, right, it's a real core belief. And when you start seeing evidence that you can look back in your own life, it makes it a lot easier to realize that we can have more control than we really think. Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. I'm your host, Bridget Corns. Today's conversation was really fascinating for me because I got to take on a topic that would have seemed dry and dull in the past, which is accounting and cash flow, and speak about it in a way that really gave me energy and excitement for it. I hope this conversation is as beneficial for you as it was for me. Our guest this week is Kristen Alwine, the CEO of Alignment CFO LLC, where she works as a cash flow and money mindset coach. She has over 10 years of experience as a corporate CFO. What drew me to her is that her work with entrepreneurs and small businesses presents a fascinating mix of the strategic and concrete with the innovative and conceptual. Welcome, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you for joining us. We have talked a little bit about this prior to recording, and your story and your journey is so interesting to me. So can you walk us through what gave you the desire to walk away from your corporate job and start your own business? <laughs> Someone say it was crazy. So I had my own business for 10 years when my daughter was young. And I left that business, although I still have a couple of clients. And it was a strict accounting consultant business. And went back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a CFO. And so I did that for 10 years and I moved around to different jobs. And the last job would have potentially have been my dream job. It checked all the boxes with the exception that it wasn't remote. <laughs> and I was like miserable. Mm. It was just the absolute worst. And I'm like, all right, so if this checks all of my boxes, right? This, I inspired my entire career. This is what I was working for. You know, from a revenue standpoint, it was $222 million. So it was a nice size company, had amazing staff. And I'm like, but I don't want to do this every day. Mm. So what do I do? I've got 15 plus years of Work, working, wanting to bring in, wanting to do. And at the same time, I started a program that was really a lot about mindset. And I had made a lot of shifts as far as what I would say traditional versus traditional religion, growing up Catholic versus understanding universal laws. And I just got, went down rabbit holes and became more fascinating and I'm like, do I really want to do this, right? What do I love about this job? And I'm like, I loved my staff. I loved being able to see their potential. I loved being able to help them move up. And I loved being able to make companies money because I was really good at it and strategic planning and turning them around. And then I saw this all of these entrepreneurs with all of these, this passion and wanting, you know, they want to get their message. They want to have the impact, but not necessarily understanding business. 
And I'm like, all right, so let's, there are a whole group of audience that want to improve, right? And not all my employees wanted to improve. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of them saw that next step in their ladder like I did. And I'm like, so now there's this whole audience. So what if I go back out and leave this job that was extremely well-paying, very nice bonuses, and I start over? Now, I had the assurance because I had already done this before and I already started with a profitable company the last time, but there wasn't as many assurances this time. Um, I was walking back. My last company was all referrals. This company potentially wasn't. I was walking back into something that, you know, the internet changed over the last 10 years, how you market, how you show up, all of that was different, but there was just something that said, now's the time, right? If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Switching around from CFO jobs to CFO jobs obviously wasn't finding and giving me that value, that purpose, that what I really wanted. So how do I create? How do I help entrepreneurs? How do I take everything that I love and turn it into my own business, which is ultimately what I did. And I you know, it's at a stage, right? Um, the first time I did it, I was a single mom. This time I'm married, my daughter's in college, right? So there's a lot of different moving parts compared to the first time I did it. Um, I had a lot more flexibility this time. There wasn't that life or death, right? What's what's paying our rent, what's paying for food, what's paying our mortgage, all of that, right? It's still can part of it, but it's not to the same extent as it was the first time. And so I just kind of said, all right, <laughs> let's jump in, which is good and bad. Um I, I had some clients. I didn't have a ton of clients. If I were to change it, I probably would have had a few more clients before I did the jump. But there was a freedom and a relief. And every day now I wake up and I am ecstatic, right? There was a time where as much as I loved my job, as much as I loved what I was doing, I noticed a trend that one day I was always sick, right? And we happened to be recording this on a Monday and I'm like all right, I need to do this. And I'm like loving life. And like, this is fantastic. I am no longer sick on Mondays. And I just am in awe that I get to do this every day and make money and make a lot of money (laughs) doing it. So um, it's just been an amazing jump. Mm. Two things. I love that you have the experience of having started a business in that other way, in that sort of, you know, I've got to make this work and I'm in this for myself. And it was a totally different kind of business. I love that you can speak to that though, because some people may look and go, oh, well, of course it was easier for you because you had all of these things in place, you know, but you have the experience of having done it a different way as well. And Two, I love that you said you're in awe of this. You get to, on Mondays, it's like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. This is so cool because I literally posted like a live video to my Facebook last week and the title was just that. Like, And I'm in awe of the fact that I get to do this every day. I get to wake up and go to work 
and have these conversations with people that are soul feeding that just give me so much joy. And that's like my job that hopefully very soon here, I will be paying myself to do. I don't get paid yet. I'm still in that transitional period, but I love what I do. And I love it so much that I will find a way to get paid for what I do. And I know that that's coming and I just have so much gratitude for that. Well, with that being said, can I tell you a little bit about the energetics? Absolutely. So as entrepreneurs, we get in this thing that we don't pay ourselves. We're last. You pay this and you pay that, right? And there is a ton of energetics about actually paying ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Even if it's $100 a month, there is something to be said with us making money. And some people will say, you know, take yours first because it'll obviously help in making more sales because you want to make sure all those other things get paid. But there's also the energetics, right, that we're putting out there. And if we're not getting money in return, there's kind of a mismatch of the energetics, right? We're just... There's not always that we're getting the reciprocal energy, but we feel like we're like to ourselves, we feel like we're doing all this stuff, but we're not getting any of the benefits of it Mm. outside of being happy that we're doing it. It's outside of corporate, right? So even if in the beginning and most business owners don't do this, if you can just start taking a small amount all of it will, you'll still end up making that and more back, um, which is also nice, right? I'm not saying, you know, if you make $1,000 a month that you're paying yourself 800, right? To begin with, exactly. right? I'm saying take a piece of it so you feel that you have a benefit of what you're doing outside of just the impact, just the ability to get up and do what you love every day. Yeah, absolutely. And my thought, and this kind of flows into this, was that it seems as though the work that you do is really tailored very nicely to someone who's looking to grow and scale their income and their business. But what would you say for someone who is just getting started? They're very green. They just started their LLC or they're still looking for clients or whatever, you know, whatever their business model Mm -hmm. may be, who doesn't have income yet. What about them? So there's a whole, and I actually was just did a live recently in my Facebook group about, you know, there's a whole energetics and people talk about, oh, invest, invest, and you're going to get the money back and put yourself in debt and do this and do that. And that's not my advice, right? You don't need to stay, right? There's a ton of free material out there, but you want to have a balance, right? Free material is free material and it will only get you so far. But there are memberships, there are groups that you can get huge value out of that are inexpensive. That, you know, I have invested in some of those groups, And even with all of my business knowledge, all of everything, I was still lost because I wasn't really where I needed to be for that investment. Things were going over my head. I was overwhelmed. 
Um, so therefore I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't break the bank. I wouldn't go right. Everybody says, right. You start a company, there's startup costs and there definitely are, but there's smart ways of doing it. Um, one of the reason that I have a money membership program that talks about your money mindset, it's a monthly program. You can start, you can cancel at any time. You know, it's $88 a month, but we also talk about financial responsibility. Mm. We talk about everything, right? What does that look like? Because there's so many people that never learned how to manage money. It's not normally taught to us. We have a whole bunch of beliefs around what we should or shouldn't be doing with our money, what we should or shouldn't have with debt, what this thing, these things mean. And the sooner that you can get a really good handle and shift your mindset and start changing your beliefs around money and what money is, it makes things like sales come easier. One of the things that I was talking about today is, you know, how does it affect it? And you're like, well, how do you think you need to make money? Right. We learn that we need to have an education or we need to work hard. We need to do this and we need to do that. Well, if that's all of our money mindset, then that are all the things that we're going to think that we need to do in our business. And they're all the justifications as to why we're not making money. Oh, we need to work harder. Oh, we're not mm-hmm. doing this enough. We're not doing that enough. We're not doing when they're all our beliefs their beliefs on what we and how we perceive money that can be shifted, right? We talk about how many points you have to hit before a customer knows, likes, and trusts you, before they're going to buy your thing. And yet I've had customers or like now clients that literally I was on a networking event, told them what I did. They're like, I want to book a call with you. And they signed up a week later, but we get in our head because we have these beliefs of this is how it needs to be. We get in our head that it needs to take two to three years, five years to make money because somebody told us that's how long it needed to take. Mm -hmm. And they all become our beliefs and they all come on round money that we can shift. That's where I really like what I do. So starting out, right? Even look at what do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe it's going to take five years? Do you believe you have to work hard? Help yourself by being aware of what some of those beliefs are. And then find evidence that those beliefs are true, right? Why do you believe it? Well, that's what my mother told me. Right. My mother's never had her own business in her life, (laughs) but she told me that it was going to take five years. (laughs) Great. (laughs) She's basing it off what somebody else told her. She's basing it off another story. So starting out, right. Don't go into a ton of debt. Be smart. There's a ton of free, like good resources out there. But then be strategic. What do you, what's your next thing? And when I talk to people, if you have got your money straight, a lot of that other stuff really just comes, right? Mm. It's yes, you need to have a lead gen, right? 
Yes, you need to have a program. And yes, you need to be, have a way and continue to put offers out. But let's get your money right. What's a lot of money? What do you think about rich people? <laughs> what would you think if 10 people bought your thing right now? Would you be freaking out? <laughs> yeah. Let's make it easier. You know, I always, you know, work smarter, not harder. And when you start realizing that understanding what your beliefs, what's in your subconscious is part of that working smarter, it really can shift. Yeah, that's, I mean, that really gets into the heart of the coaching component of, of the conversations that you have that, that I'm thinking of specifically like the behavior map and the results cycle, mm -hmm. but people have a hard time wrapping their heads around the idea that a thought or a belief can create their reality because it seems like this very, you know, woo woo sort of principle. But if we, if we, I mean, I love the woo, do not get me wrong. I am so far out in the woo. It's, it's not even funny or it is, but there is something very concrete that we can point to with that. So let's take a belief or a thought as an example and sort of follow it through this map. Um, like you said, I, I believe, I don't know, what, what is one you find typically with clients around money? They have to work hard for the money. Okay. So I believe I have to work hard for my money. So that belief or that thought is something that is imprinted on sort of all of my interactions with my world. Mm -hmm. So then if I believe that, then my gosh, well, I believe that I have to invest in all these programs and I have to be the best and I have to show up as the best every single day. And obviously I have to work myself until my fingertips are bleeding because if I don't, then I'm not working hard enough to deserve the money. And that belief has caused me to behave in a certain way. And because of those behaviors, then I'm going to get certain results. I'm going to be overworked. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to burn out. And I'm probably still not going to be happy with the amount of money that I'm making at the end of the day. So then if, if we go back into that belief, and this is where it's so valuable to be aware and to have clarity around your beliefs because that's the key component. It's not necessarily the behaviors, it's the beliefs that are behind those. So if we can get clarity and if we can really drill into, wow, I'm acting all of these ways because I think that I have to work that hard to get my money. What if I shift that and believe that I am worthy and I am enough and whatever I put my hands to is going to be fruitful and prosper. And I can do something that I deeply love and make tons of money doing that. Whoa, how empowering a thought is that? Oh, you know, my gosh, like I, I don't think we would have gone into business for ourselves if we didn't believe that second thought was true. I love what I do. And this is going to provide more financial prosperity for my family than I could ever dream. And I enjoy what I do every day. And I'm excited for Monday to come because I love it. Definitely. Yeah. What a shift mm -hmm. there. Right. And what happens when you're doing all of that? I got to do this and I got to do this, right? You're coming from a place of lack and you're coming from yes. a place of worry. And as long as you're in that, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God right? It doesn't happen easily. 
right? That's why some people will say, you know, I do this and then I go away on vacation and I get like four clients and I get all of Mm -hmm. this, right? Because you're not in that, oh my God, right? And that's how you're showing up. And yes, yes, right. And I, you know, coming from, you know, I I have a degree in accounting. I come up from a very, you know, public accounting background, you know, very structured. This is how you do it. This is how you make money. This is what you need to do. Um, So going from that to my beliefs, but then taking a look at it and starting to look at your own evidence which Mm. was really helpful for me. When I left public accounting and went for my first controller position, at the time, that is what I was told happened. You do public accounting a couple of years, you go out, you skip all of the, like, you're, you're not a staff accountant, you're not a this, you're not a that. You go right to controller and that's your next job. So I truly believed that that was supposed to be my next, my next step. And then I'm out doing interviews and they wanted to know about my management skills and they wanted to know about this and well, in public accounting, you weren't directly related and you didn't have impact on me and you couldn't fire and hire. And I'm going, well, they didn't tell me that was part of the criteria. They said, if I was in public accounting, I went to. Right. And I strongly believe this was my next step. So when I started understanding beliefs and how they felt and what they looked like, then I started looking back and I went, well, yeah, I became a controller because I didn't think that there was any other option. That was just what I was supposed to do. When I went out on my own the first time and my daughter was one, I was concerned because I had all the beliefs that, you know, you go out on your own and you're not going to have the income and all of this. And all I needed was a mentor to say, you're going to be fine. You're going to have referrals. So I went with that belief. When I went back into corporate, I did accounting, I did consulting, I did some CFO work, and I literally 10 years later walk back in to corporate and go, I'm going to be a CFO. To me, that was the next logical position. To me, that was the next logical step. I didn't think that there was any reason why, right? And that time I was extremely fortunate. I didn't have a ton of interviews. I actually just got the job that I interviewed for, which was fantastic. So when I'm talking about beliefs, right? This isn't a, yeah, I think this will (laughs) happen. right? It's a real core belief. And when you start seeing evidence that you can look back in your own life, it makes it a lot easier to realize how much it's not just woo and that we can have more control in that aspect than we really think. And then I did it with a whole bunch of things. (laughs) Right. I went down lots of rabbit holes of, oh, well, look, I did this. Right. And then when you talk about how did you become a CFO, right? Not everybody becomes a CFO that has an accounting degree. Not everybody. Right. And there's various reasons. And it just was always that path. It was that this is where I'm going. And as an entrepreneur, part of what I will help my clients with in 90 days to success is where do you want to go? 
not always about following the template, following the exact path, but let's have a path. Let's know where you want to go. And then let's talk about the beliefs that you need to have to get there, right? We tend to tell people to go small, right? We tend to tell people all the reasons why they can't do it. We do it with our kids, right? I want to be president. Well, you know, you know, when, when I was growing up, um, you're a woman, <laughs> <laughs> right? So how do we start changing that script, right? What are the possibilities? How can we do this? How can we start seeing the world differently and watching things around us and opportunities show up, you know, that we would never imagine in a million years. I love that you, you hit on a conversation I had yesterday with my children. (laughs) We were in the most ridiculous situation. My child had got his foot wrapped into a seat belt. We have a giant van and he's in, he sits in the back row and he's got his foot wrapped in the seat belt in the middle of the van in the middle row and the seat belt locked. And now his foot's turning purple because I mean, of course this would happen on our drive to church, of course. <laughs> and my oldest child is going, I said, okay, look for the little release button that you can push on, you know, the seat belt. Mm-hmm. And- release it and it'll be fine. And he goes, I can't, I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't. And he knows we do not allow our kids to say, I can't because I want to get them in the habit of asking, how can I, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at a situation, your two options are either I don't want to, and I'm choosing not to, which is fine, or I'm going to figure out how to. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is no place for I can't there. It's either a choice that you're not going to do it. And the reason may just be laziness or you don't have a desire to do it, but it's a choice. Or you are going to figure out how to do this and you are going to figure out how to make your brain function well under pressure because that's life. Life is pressure. Life is questions. So ultimately to end the story, we had to pull over on the side of the highway and I had to find the release button because he was so stressed about this that it just wasn't happening. But we had this whole conversation around not using the words I can't and how to empower ourselves by asking, how can I solve this problem? And Mm -hmm. if, if I don't want to, that's okay. But I have to admit that it's not the fact that I can't do it, but that I'm choosing not to. Correct. One of the Fast things is if you think about it, when you're a baby, what can you do? <laughs> Cry, poop, <laughs> not a right? whole lot else. I mean, you can't feed yourself. <laughs> Everything outside of that are learned. We learned how to do it. Mm. And we forget that we actually learned how to do all of this stuff. So therefore. If we could learn how to do all of that, what else can we learn how to do? Love it. I was reading a book recently, right? And he talked about sales. And he's like, nobody's born an expert at sales. Everybody who has been an expert at sales, an expert at copy, an expert at this has learned how to do it. And how did you learn how to do it? 
at some point you made a choice that you wanted to get really good at it. So when I swam, I was anti-swimming. I finally decided I was going to swim. But not only was I going to swim, I was going to be really good at it and I was going to win. When I played basketball, I learned how to do it, right? And I practiced. If you look at professional basketball players, people that are in the Olympics, they made a choice that they were going to do it and they just kept getting better at it. So when I talk to people about goals and people are like, oh, I don't like setting goals. Why not? Well, I don't hit them. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't hit this goal. Okay. How about if you just work on that as a destination and every day you get better at it? Because otherwise you're making a choice that you're prioritizing that other things are more important and that you don't want to do it. So if it's something you really want to learn, how about you spend each day getting a little bit better? It's kind of like if you ever went on a diet, you don't expect to lose all the weight in a day. You do little things <laughs> that build on top of things <laughs> that make it better. When I used to you know, do CrossFit, I had a destination. I had a goal. Every day I'd go and every day I'd get a little better. And every day I could lift a little more. Every week I could lift a, a month, two months, right? And then you get to measure it. Mm. Then you get to see it. You know, I just wrote that one of my clients increased their revenue 215%. Wow. Well, if she never actually put down and tracked what her revenue was originally, She's very proud that she has increased it. She has hit her her first baseline goal. She has increased it 215%. She is ecstatic. She's able to now build off of that momentum. And I see so many people, well, I, I just, I, I don't normally hit them. So they don't put them out there, right? They, they're mm. already in that, I can't do it. Instead of taking the approach of how can I? Mm -hmm. How can I get there? What might have been great last month that I can improve on? What didn't work the way I expected it? Maybe I leave them out, right? But how can I get better? That that little engine, dear old Thomas, right? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Mm -hmm. If you have that attitude, no matter what your belief is, your belief is that you think you can. So it doesn't matter whether it's woo, whether it's religion, whether it's whatever, you have that belief already that you think you can. You thought you could drive a car. Right. <laughs> still, still questioning that for everyone else around me, though. I know I can, but I'm not sure they can. <laughs> right. But how how about if you start approaching approaching life? And your business as I think I can every day. What do you think happens to your business? What do you think happens to your, the money you're bringing in? What do you mm -hmm. think happens to your happiness and your overall well-being? So I love that you're teaching your kids. Well, thank you. Cause it's, it's. I need that encouragement because that is not, that's not an easy lesson to teach. It's very difficult. We're like hardwired to not ask that question. How can I? It's so interesting.
Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it, right, I, it's amazing some of the things that we are hardwired. And it starts with being a baby, yeah. right? When we're a baby, we get praised to eat, to drink, to walk, to sleep, to poop, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing we can do that we are not getting smiles, giggles, cheers. Oh my God, <laughs> this is fantastic, right? And then at some point in time, then it goes into, no, you can't do that. 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 <laughs> and, and we wonder why, you know, so many people deal with the fact that they think that they're not good enough. Mm. Well, they went from having all of this pleasing and I could do everything right to now I can't do anything right in my eyes of my parents right there's so many things that we get conditioned on and and even as parents I did it with my own kid Mm -hmm. not intentionally but it's what we do and then if you want to start getting into the energy how excited are we and if everybody can pick up energy our children can pick up our energy so for the first year of their life they got over inundated mm. with us being ecstatic even when they did something wrong oh look at that that's so <laughs> and then we get into a whole bunch of things of what they can't do and then we wonder why they don't think they're good enough and why all of a sudden they have the attitude that i can't just do anything i want mm. because now they're getting a different message and that message tends to be louder Mm -hmm. in a different energy and an energy that they don't like they liked the we're doing everything great so now they want to do everything to make get that energy back they want to work towards right we 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 wonder why we have people pleasers Mm. We, we addict them to the adrenaline of and all of the feelings of how happy you can be And then we almost take it away. None of it being intentional. Yeah. But it's how we, it's how we were raised. It's how we tend to raise our kids. And then we start having them go, I guess I can't do that. So being able to give kids the, you can do it. You learned how to do this, but also teaching them how to self-sue, self-celebrate is huge. Oh, that's so important. That is so important. That's a a whole component of I've I've done a lot of inner work over the past couple of years, and one program that I'm I'm still working through. It's it's over a year long. Is um, Brian Johnson's Optimize Coach program, Heroic Coach, um, and one whole module of that program is celebrating ourselves. Mm-hmm because other people aren't going to do it for us. And how do we become well-adjusted adults if we can't be happy for ourselves, with ourselves, and create that joy and happiness outside of circumstances or other people or anything else? Mm -hmm. Definitely. How do I tell myself that I am doing an amazing job and that I feel so confident in myself without anyone else telling me that I need to be able to create those things. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and in my 90 day program, right. It's one of those things I can, I am my client's biggest cheerleader, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, 
right? They are to, at the end of each day, write down all the things that were just absolutely amazing that they accomplished. Mm. And one of my clients was like, but I didn't do anything. I'm like, did you get up? Yeah. I'm like, that was accomplishment, right? There's people in this world, unfortunately, that have a really hard time with that. Yeah. Right. Cheer the fact that you got up and you did it. Cheer the fact that you showed up for yourself. So really changing and becoming our own cheerleaders for everything. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you think happens? You're excited. You're like, look at this. And at the end of the day, I get to celebrate myself. Every day is like my birthday. It's so <laughs> exciting. And then you also get to see how far you've come. Mm. You know, because when I tell clients to look back, I'm like, I'm not looking back at what necessarily you didn't get done, Mm -hmm. but look at where you were compared to where you are now. Look at how you were terrified to do a live and now you do it and you're not writing notes for four days. You're just doing it and you're showing up and you're being authentic. That's huge. And how did you do it? You start it and you just kept getting better each day. And you build on it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is definitely something that I find myself saying quite frequently. Just start. Don't do it alone. Do it in community, and then don't stop. Just keep going because mm-hmm. you'll get that incrementally little bit better each day, and you'll feel a little bit more confident in showing up as yourself. And you know, everything will grow. You will blossom when you push yourself outside into that zone of discomfort. Um, That's where the good stuff happens. Yes, it does. Right. And I am sure we don't remember how how uncomfortable it was driving. (laughs) We were just so excited. Yeah. This was a mile marker. I get to do this. We get to do a lot of things. We make priorities. We make choices in everything we do. So why not make the most out of it? You know, I'll look back and I'll think about times where there was something that was really bothering me. I'll actually make like mental sticky notes on certain days and situations. So just really random things. Like if I was enjoying a concert and I noticed that during that concert, I had a really terrible backache that was so painful that in any other circumstance, all I would have been able to think about was how painful that backache was. But it was occurring at a point where I was enjoying myself so much that I allowed myself to focus on the positive of that moment versus the discomfort that I was feeling. And I'll bookmark that. So now I can sit here and think about that moment 10, 15 years ago. And I don't remember the pain of that moment. I know that I was in pain and I know that I reminded myself of that because I wanted that evidence to be able to point to and say, I was enjoying myself so much. That concert was so wonderful that all I remember of that moment is the joy I was experiencing and not the pain or the discomfort of that moment. And I think we can apply that to our growth as entrepreneurs, as business owners, even just as humans. Mm-hmm. Bookmark those moments. I chose to go live today. I felt like I was going to throw up the entire time I did it, but I did it anyway. And I'm going to bookmark this for my memory because when I look back at that first time I went live and really exposed myself, I won't remember how terrible I felt 
I'll remember that that was like a lightning rod that captured all of this energy for me to propel myself to where I am now. Bookmark those things because then you collect evidence that says as horrible as it felt in that moment, I don't remember that feeling anymore. I just remember what good came from it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'm one of my first summits. I had to do a 20 minute talk and I was, there was 14 people and I was kind of at the tail end of the day. Right. And all the things going through my head, right. Seeing all the other speakers reminded me of like waiting for my swimming meet right? Mm-hmm. Or my track meet, right? Seeing everybody just kind of sitting there waiting, having to cheer them on, having to be there as I'm going through, all right, I need to be good. Oh my God. Can I actually be good? Am I going to remember what I'm going to say? The nerves, the craziness, mm-hmm. everything I felt. I went for a walk. I took the dogs for a walk right before. And then, the, then I started playing the head games. Ah, they're not expecting me to be good. That's why they put me in the spot. You know, I got some really dynamic speakers after me. So they're not expecting me to get all of this stuff running through my head. And not only was it one of the most powerful speeches and presentations that I have ever done, it totally took me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. My mother was one of the people in the audience and she's like, I didn't even know who you are. Mm. She's like, where have you been your entire life? Because that person. <laughs> and so now I'm like, all right, if I can come out and be that amazing, why can't I do it all the time? I didn't let the nerves get to me. I didn't let the fact that I really wanted to tell them I was sick and to back out. (laughs) And I showed up and I knocked it out of the park. I'm like, all right. So then when I started going live, it totally changed my lives because I knew now that I could do it. Now I sign up for things. Yeah, sure. I'll, (laughs) I'll speak. But if I hadn't gone through that, yeah. And it is. That's it's a great exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Remember those times that you didn't want to do it and you were going to not do it, but you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And what were the results? And lean in on those results. Yeah, I was going to say that reminds me of the reason why I choose to do things like sit in the very front row and always volunteer to answer or do something first in a large group for two reasons. One, because I am intentionally pushing myself into that discomfort zone, but two, because if I do it first and I show up first, I don't have time to give myself reasons not to (laughs) like, yep. Okay. Let's go. Here we go. Um, the longer I think about it, the longer I ruminate on it, the harder it is to just get up and do it. So just do it. Just be the first person. Just do it. Yeah. You know, and when it comes to networking, you know, when everything was in person, I am not the one that's going to walk up and say, Hey, my name's Kristen. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? (laughs) Not me at all. So what I started doing, the one networking group, I signed up to be at the front desk, my very first event. And they all had to sign in. So not only did I meet the president and the chapter and meet everybody that was working the event, 
but every single person that showed up to the event, I had to actually have some interaction with and I had conversations. So I exactly what you did, right? I didn't give myself that choice because I knew if I didn't do that, I would have left and I would have spent the time and never met anybody. So when you're, how can I, how can I set myself up for success? Yeah. Always go back to that question. Not, not, I can't, but how can I, how can I make this doable for myself? And then when you answer yourself, just do it. (laughs) Uh You have amazing answers in that head. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And sometimes when we pull them out, we go, oh, no, but I couldn't do that. And we put it back. But my gosh, just go with it. Go with it and see what unfolds when you follow your instincts. Definitely. So is there anything else you think is important to talk about surrounding your business or your journey of of finding sort of your calling and your passion or anything else that our listeners should be aware of? Be willing to take chances and know that no matter what, there's not really the worst thing that could happen. We get so caught up on the what ifs instead of the what's the possibilities Somebody wants to an exercise, right? And they're like, okay, so pretend this is your retirement party, you know, or pretend it is your funeral. What do you want them to say? Most people aren't going to say, well, she watched TV 90% of the time. (laughs) What do you want to be known for? And then if you need to read that every day, some of the things within my 90 day success program is who are you becoming? Yes. If you're moving from one level of your business to the next level, you are shifting who you are. And that's building new habits. And we don't always like creating new habits. So how do you do that? How do you stick with it? You have that huge why. But sometimes that huge why doesn't really help us get out of bed. That doesn't make that sales call. That doesn't make us want to do that live. So how do we keep doing it? So in that program, not only do you learn money mindset and you work on your money mindset, but we we go, where do you want to go? And we reverse engineer that like big picture into 90 days to help you be really intentional so that you're making the progress. You're showing up in who you want to be. You're taking those uncomfortable steps, but you also know that you have support. And then you can have conversations after what went well, what didn't go well. How do you then get back up on that horse the very next day? I had um, a client and she did a launch and she was all upset, didn't work. And so we had a conversation and it was about how she showed up. She didn't show up the way she had normally been showing up. She was kind of flat in her pitch and and she's like, yeah, you're right. So the next day she showed up being her and she had the best week sales-wise. If she hadn't done that and we didn't have those conversations, it might not have been a week. It might've been three weeks. One of my running coaches always said, right? If you don't run every day, you take two steps back, right? So Mm. you're not going to, you're constantly going to go back if you don't run every day. So if you continuously do the harder things every day, They become the easier things and everything else falls into place. So it's what I love about my 90 day to success program, seeing the empowerment, seeing who somebody wants to become. I can probably see it in it faster than you can. 
Mm-hmm. It's part of why I moved into this space because I could always see more potential than my employees saw in themselves. <laughs> the difference is now I have clients that take my advice, <laughs> but they're doing it their way. Yes. They're showing up, right? And I'm helping just them keep getting better every day, but they are truly doing the work. I'm not doing the work for them. Yeah, because that's the only way people change. They have Mm -hmm. to make their mind up to do it and they have to be the ones who make the plan as to how they're going to do it. We can't do it for them. But I love the piece of recognizing potential because I say the same thing about myself. No, people say, what do you do? What do you do? What is a coach said? I activate potential. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So all of that conditioning that we were told what we can't do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're changing that script. To what's possible? What's the potential? Ah, so good. So much goodness. Yeah. And if we act every day, well, for, I think first we have to plug back into who do we want to become? Who do we want to be? Who are we authentically at our core? And then if we face every day, not from the, the point of view of what do we do, but who am I and how is the person I want to become shaping the decisions that I'm making right now? then you can't go wrong. Then you won't step off the path. It is truly that identity, right? Yeah. See people that have gone before you. What do you like about them? What traits do they have? How did they do it? Mm-hmm. You know, in corporate, it's easy, right? You can always see the people above you. Oh yeah. And you can always pick their, like, look at their leadership style, look at how they got there, understand. As an entrepreneur, it's not always as easy. Sometimes we don't want to reach out to those people. We'd be surprised about how many people, those people are more than willing to talk to us to tell us how they got, where yes, they got. Yes, right? truth. Um, John Maxwell, one of the things that he says is like interview, right? When he wanted to be the CEO, he went out and he just interviewed people that he thought were people that he would resonate with and asked how and what they did. And he's like, it's amazing how many people Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, I could have conversations. And he's like, and this isn't where I am today, right? Now it's real easy for him to have a conversation. Pretty much anybody would pick up his phone, pick oh, up yeah. the phone and go, yeah. hey, I'll be more. <laughs> he's like, this is early stage in my career. You know, when I was being a minister, I would call other ministers that had large congregations to ask how. They didn't know me from anybody at that point. Being able to step out, find out, ask other people, what does that really look like? On TV, find a movie. What does that CEO look like? And how do you want to, and what do you think you need to do to show up as that person? How can you identify, you know? And then you become that identity. Yeah. Because the more you embody that identity, just like I embodied being a CFO, I was a CFO. You weren't telling me I wasn't. I'm now taking on that new identity with a stronger purpose that is definitely more mindful of this is who that identity is. I am becoming a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. That is who I'm identifying with. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm going to try my business and see how it works. (laughs) 
not just I have a passion about my business. There's a difference of an identity of who I want to be. Who do I identify as? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely shifted some mindset stuff in me over the course (laughs) of this hour that we've spent together. So thank you for that. I love, I love having people speak those positive things. I mean, you know, I can do that. I can do that all the time, all day long. But when someone else says it, there is an energy shift that just, you know, that just clicks. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. So this is the random rapid fire question segment of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're random. <laughs> um, and you just, whatever the first thing is that comes to mind is great. No, no overthinking. So first one is, what should everyone stop doing? Downing themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Second one, cook or go out to eat? Uh, it depends. And I mm. say that because I used to travel a lot. Yeah. So I love going out to eat, but after a while, I'm like, oh, can I just have a home-cooked meal? <laughs> yes. Where is your favorite spot to recharge? The beach. Love it. What are you curious about? I love piecing together how our brain works. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. What is your favorite memory from childhood? So the first swimming that I ever won, I was in a dead heat, which meant it didn't count. <sighs> so I was super excited. And finding out that it, it didn't count. It was the last time I was ever in a dead heat, (laughs) but there was something about that. That was great. I shocked everybody. Obviously I was in a dead heat because they didn't expect me to place. Yeah. Um, So therefore not only placing, but I just really, for somebody who was terrified of swimming and didn't want to go into a pool to then go to being one of the best swimmers on the team. And that day was just that pivotal moment of, uh, I can do this. Yeah. Isn't that poetic? That's so interesting because it has so much to do with who you are today too. Mm -hmm. I love it. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? So I kind of live on Facebook, um, but I'm on all the social media platforms. Um, the best way is if you go to my website, it's www.alignmentcfo.com and then forward slash connect. Perfect. One day I'll actually finish my website. <laughs> <laughs> So I will put all of those links, your social media, your freebie, all the goodies into the show notes so people can access them really easily. And I am looking forward to seeing just your business blossom and grow and expand and take off. Thank you. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate this. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you.